James Kennedy Ministries presents Truths That Transform. The far left may be stealing your church. You have Christianity, you have the established church. Well, now we have a group of people who think that the established church and the Christianity are actually anathema to a good country. Find out how billionaires like George Soros may be importing Marxist ideology into your church on today's Truths That Transform. Welcome to Truths That Transform, a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. One of the defining characteristics of evangelical Christians is a commitment to the Bible as the inspired Word of God and our ultimate authority. But you may be surprised to discover that in recent times, anti-biblical philosophies have been invading the church. And in many cases, it's happened with the help of deep-pocketed billionaires and foundations. On today's program, we will share some brand new resources with you, exposing how this has been happening and how to be on guard for it. And we begin with an investigation of how powerful leftists have been working to co-opt evangelicals for their cause. Our own David Wright has more. Almost everything you see is connected. It is one big web of lies. And the things that the left, that the media scream most loudly about as being spontaneous are the things that you know are not spontaneous. They're all very well planned. There is a cabal of billionaires wielding massive influence over our everyday lives. And they don't just seek to meet their political goals. They want to fundamentally transform the world as we know it. There is an enormous apparatus that we call the professional left. Dozens and dozens and dozens of activist groups in every possible issue area, backed by dozens of major funders, mostly foundations. They want to remake America over in their image, and it's not a pretty image. One of these billionaires, George Soros, is one of the most powerful and mysterious figures in recent history. But many note that Soros is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to billionaire financiers. Soros is one of the few really well-known household names, but I could spout off a dozen major foundations that pour in just as much money. I've spent decades of my life studying the left, and especially all the nonprofit apparatus built up in the left. I will say that we should remember that Soros is not the only left-wing billionaire uh, who's giving tens of millions to Democrats, who's giving hundreds of millions to left-wing nonprofits. Uh, in fact, uh, I would say that his gruff equal is the Ford Foundation, because what I can tell you is that almost never will you find a significant left-wing group that doesn't receive money from both the Ford Foundation and George Soros. These supposed philanthropic billionaires hiding behind various foundations have been giving huge amounts of money to left-wing causes for decades. There are so many nonprofit entities, so many philanthropic vehicles, so many uh, curly Q funding streams of giving. All those mini billionaires who all have the same last name 
foundation, like Ford Foundation, Kellogg Foundation, MacArthur Foundation, Open Society Foundation. Many accuse these figures as being globalists. Globalism is where a small group of people decide everything for the whole world. Uh, they, it's uh, motivated for a power grab. And uh, St. Augustine called it libido dominandi, the lust to dominate. Now, the problem is, is whenever you get somebody that's in power, they want to stay in power. And anything goes for your power grab. And that's what we're seeing, is that there are those that want to fund groups that can create crises, because in times of crises, people surrender freedoms. People are suffering, people are dying, entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. The idea that we have 10 or 12 years or something like that to live, uh, that the earth will become uninhabitable in a short time unless we defeat this global warming, uh, that is entirely off the, off the, uh, the radar of any serious climate scientist. Every single major environmental group has Soros money in it. Uh, the, uh, and we're not talking about things like the Nature Conservancy, uh, but we are talking about the Sierra Club, which has been quite radical in recent years, uh, the Natural Resource Defense Council, uh, various other uh, extreme climate groups, uh, which are dedicated to eliminating fossil fuels in America Climate alarmists have long received money from radical left-wing foundations. Their goal? To destroy capitalism. A variety of environmentalists claim that capitalism is bad for the environment because uh, the private owners of business really have only the bottom line in mind, and so they don't care about the impact of their pollution em emissions on other people. The case against capitalism is not strong. Historically, the case is <laughs> amazing. Uh, if you simply compare the track records of environmental stewardship of largely capitalist countries with largely socialist countries over the past hundred years, uh, it's not a pretty picture. The socialist track record for environmental stewardship is absolutely horrendous. I think that the madness, the real insanity that I'm seeing in much of the climate movement is reflected in and uh, really a shared madness with a lot of other things that are uh, running rampant in our culture today. And out of the climate awareness movement comes calls for population control. And it does lead, I think, young people to have a legitimate question. You know, should, is it okay to still have children? We're going into a very dangerous territory where here you have people with immense resources, immense political power, yet they're pushing an agenda that would abort millions of babies and uh, sterilize millions of others, uh, that's dangerous. Well, Soros is one of a cabal of billionaires that come out of that population control movement, absolutely. 
Um, Soros is a major donor to Planned Parenthood, to all sorts of abortion lobbies located in very, very cush offices in D.C. But he's not even the biggest. You have guys like Warren Buffett, who most people think of as simply, you know, America's biggest um, investor, America's biggest philanthropist, as he's often been called by Forbes. He may be those things, but Warren Buffett is probably the biggest funder of abortion in human history. His foundation, the Susan Thompson Buffett Foundation, which is named for his, his late wife, um, has spent $4 billion in the last 20 years on abortion advocacy, $4 billion. George Soros's ideology is predicated on the same hard left causes that you see in Marxist activists. It's fundamentally anti-American because it's fundamentally anti-borders. It opposes the idea of nationhood wherever it goes. The left is basically an expression of, called progressivism, called socialism, Marxism, whatever you like, but it is the political distillation of an anti-Western civilization. Soros has long funded immigration groups whose goal is to uh, get rid of America's border with Mexico and stop deportation of illegal immigrants and also extend the vote to illegal immigrants. So you see where this is going. The ultimate goal here is the downfall of Western society and the one thing standing in their way, the church. But now many evangelical organizations have begun to accept donations from Soros and others. Mr. Soros calls himself an atheist and uh, doesn't have much love for any kind of uh, church or religious entity. But you know, interestingly, he will fund um, some religious groups, groups like Catholics and Alliance for the Common Good and whatnot. Well, guess who is a significant funder to something like that? Or in the evangelical world, of course, you have sojourners, uh, the probably the most prominent mouthpiece of left-wing politics in the evangelical world, and they regularly got six-figure grants from uh, Soros philanthropies over the years. I think the strategy behind Soros's funding in places where you wouldn't expect it, like the occasional evangelical group or Catholic group, is very opportunistic. Any way of uh, insinuating yourself into a group like that and weakening its opposition to your policy and political preferences uh, will be seized on. And this devious strategy is working. Many Christian groups have made huge compromises. For instance, the PCA's revoiced movement involving the LGBTQ agenda and the Southern Baptist Convention flirting with the idea of critical race theory. Christians in America need to wake up because some Christians have compromised themselves in some denominations in a way that they are no threat to the government. The government loves them because they are part of the propaganda arm. They have found a way that the Bible embraces the homosexual lifestyle. We know that the Bible that we read doesn't, but they have reinterpreted scripture. Uh, using their own words, they have reimagined the Bible. And the Bible that they have reimagined condones things that are condemned that we would call sin. As you have just seen, there are powerful elements on the left that are working, often successfully, to sway Bible-believing Christians towards cultural Marxism. They've had some success because too many Christians have a shallow view of biblical truth. 
Dr. D. James Kennedy was committed to helping Christians see Christianity not just as an isolated message of life after death or a collection of feel-good Bible verses, but as an entire framework for truth extending into every area of life. He explains in this portion of his message the Christian world and life view. A Christian world and life view. Now that's not a phrase that is probably intimately familiar to many of you. Perhaps you know it by the German term. It's Weltanschauung. No, that's no more familiar, is it? In fact, less. What is a world and life view? A Weltanschauung. Well, let me tell you, you've got one. Everybody has one. A world and life view is a set of assumptions or presuppositions that determine the way that we look at the world, ourselves, and our place in the world. And these largely determine how we consider everything that comes down the path. What is your world and life view like? Is it a Christian world and life view? Or is it a non-Christian, anti-Christian? There is the Christian world and life view, and then there are a number of other world and life views that are all arrayed against the Christian view. What is the major challenge today? In the broadest categories, it is a conflict in our day between theism and naturalism. Now, naturalism has nothing to do with wildlife or vitamins. It has to do with the idea that nature is all there is, that there's nothing in the universe but matter, materialism. That is one world view. The fact is, he says, that this indeed is what we use to explain most everything else. What is the most fundamental question? What does the universe consist of? Is it only matter? Is ultimate reality God or the cosmos? You remember Carl Sagan, a very rabid evolutionist and naturalist in his famous 10-part series, Cosmos, aired on, on educational TV a number of times. In the first sentence, he makes this clear statement. The cosmos is all there ever was or is or is to be. Now that is a worldview. It is a purely naturalistic, materialistic, evolutionary, and atheistic worldview. I say it's a worldview because it is an assumption. It is not the result of any scientific test. He has never seen that there was never anything beside the cosmos. He does not know that there is nothing beyond it. He most certainly does not know that there is no God, that there is no supernatural element. What is the ultimate reality? Is it matter and the cosmos, or is it God and his Revelation. Those two views 
have been for the last several centuries in very direct conflict in our time. He goes on to say that a debilitating weakness in modern evangelicalism is that we've been fighting a lot of cultural skirmishes on all sides without knowing what the war itself is about. We have not identified the worldviews that lie at the root of most cultural conflict, and this ignorance dooms our best efforts. The culture war is not just about abortion, homosexual rights, or the decline of public education. These are only skirmishes. The real war is a cosmic struggle between worldviews, between the Christian worldviews and various secular and spiritual worldviews arrayed against it. This is what we must understand if we are going to be effective in our evangelism and our apologetics. Christians have always believed that God is the measure of all things, that God tells us what is good and what is bad, what is right and what is wrong. God tells us where to go and how to get there. But that is rejected by humanism and man because becomes the judge of all things. He decides what is moral and what is immoral, what is virtuous and what is not, what is evil and what is good, what is right and what is wrong. And that has led to catastrophic consequences in our world. You remember the death of God movement? It's all part of this. Well, it's interesting man didn't realize that when he was throwing things at God, he was throwing boomerangs. They came back and hit him in the head. God is very much alive, but non-Christian man is in a state of morbid decay and despair. He comes closer and closer to nihilism and despair as he becomes more self-conscious of the logical consequences of his view. The Bible says that those that hate me love death. And in the non-Christian world today, there has been developing a culture of death. It is not God who has died. He is very much alive, but it is man who is dying. But you know, how many times I've heard the objection. When I have proclaimed the gospel, people have said to me, oh, that's just too good to be true. What a marvelous contrast that is. Too bad to be true or too good to be true. But marabale dictu, marvelous to tell the gospel as glorious and wonderful as it is, is true. It is truth itself. It is the truth of God. It has been established by all manner of empirical evidences, and it stands against all of the onslaughts of unbelievers. What is your worldview, my friend? Have you embraced Christ? Have you invited him into your heart as Lord and Savior of your life? Do you know why you're here and what you're to do and where you're going? Do you have an everlasting certainty and hope in your heart of paradise? Or are you looking at nothing but the darkness of the grave?
the Christian world and life view is glorious beyond our full understanding. I hope it is yours. A Christian world and life view, as Dr. Kennedy described it, is absolutely essential for Christians. Our culture has substituted emotions for any objective notion of truth. Thus, how you feel determines your gender, your purpose in life, and the difference between right and wrong. That is a recipe for destruction. And unfortunately, that kind of thinking is causing American churches to capitulate to the spirit of the age. There are also well-funded sources on the far political left who are taking advantage of it to move pastors and churches to the left on issues like the environment, immigration, and race. This is done under the guise of so-called social justice, and it compromises the church and undermines biblical truth. Discover how this agenda is being carried out in our new publication, Hijacked, How George Soros and Friends Exploit Your Church by our own John Amon. And we will send it to you as our thanks for your generous donation to the work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339 or call toll-free 877-962-7677, or go online to djkm.org. George Soros and other well-heeled leftists pour millions of dollars into causes like abortion, LGBTQ activism, open borders, undermining Israel, defunding the police, and much, much more. But the truly incredible thing is that some evangelicals have partnered with them, taking their grant money to do their bidding. This important and timely booklet, Hijacked, How George Soros and Friends Exploit Your Church, details how this happens. And if you're able to give a generous ministry gift of $50 or more, we will send you the booklet plus our new DVD special program, How the Left is Stealing Your Church. This eye-opening program, just finishing production right now, features experts like Vody Bauckham, Erwin Lutzer, Carol Swain, and many others. In it, you'll discover how many churches and even entire denominations are flirting with an anti-biblical belief system that substitutes a false, worldly, woke concept of justice for true biblical justice. On issues of race, sexuality, gender, and other cultural flashpoints, too many in the church are adopting divisive Marxist philosophies covered in a thin veil of Christianity. And often they are being helped down that deadly trail by far-left foundations and funders. This new DVD program exposes the lies and shines the light of biblical truth. That's the booklet, Hijacked, 
how George Soros and friends exploit your church as our thanks for your generous donation, and the booklet plus the brand new DVD program, How the Left is Stealing Your Church, as our thanks for your donation of $50 or more to help us stand for truth and defend your freedom. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339 or call toll-free 877-962-7677 or go online to djkm.org. When churches begin to drift away from the Bible, they inevitably drift away from the gospel as well. The Christian worldview is a supernatural one, one that recognizes that God created and governs the world and that we run into deadly trouble when we proceed as if he did not exist. And yet that's exactly what our culture has done. If we are just matter in motion, then it's much easier to embrace the culture's false views of justice, its race-based animosities, and its sexual anarchy. But when we do that, we lose everything. No, despite the compromises of those churches who want to be more accepted and popular in an unbelieving world, the central message of the Bible is a miraculous, supernatural one. The earth, the universe, and we ourselves were created by an all-powerful God who exists outside of that creation. Though he loved us perfectly, we sinned by rejecting his rule in our lives and deciding to go our own way, the way of destruction and death that we see all around us. But God, in his great mercy, invites us back to him. He sent his own son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die on the cross to pay the punishment for our sins. After three days in the grave, Jesus rose again in his own earthly body, a clear foreshadowing of our own resurrection. And God tells us that we can share in that everlasting life by turning away from our sins and placing our faith in Jesus. If you have not done that and you want to be reconciled to God, pray this prayer with me right now. Father, your word says that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I will be saved. I believe, Lord, and I want Jesus to come into my heart and save me. I pray this in his name. Amen. Well, if that was the genuine desire of your heart and you prayed that prayer for the first time, we have a vital resource we would like to send you at no cost or obligation to you. It's called Beginning Again, Dr. Kennedy's book for new believers to guide you in your relationship with Christ. Contact us to receive a copy today and may God bless you as you do. 
D. James Kennedy Ministries is standing for truth and defending your freedom. I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for being with us. And here's a look at the next truths that transform. There are thousands of individuals who have been freed by the power of Jesus Christ from homosexuality throughout the United States, both men and women. That's next week. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.